You are listening to another Discovering New Horizons for America podcast featuring Dr. Jim Polakoff. Dr. Jim's guest for this episode is Sherry Strong, who will tell us how to lose weight and keep it off through sugar-free living. As always, each podcast episode is a search for the truth and how it applies to our daily lives and well-being. Now here to take you on this exciting New Horizons journey is our host, Dr. Jim Polakoff. Yes, this is Dr. Jim Polikoff, and welcome once again to New Horizons for America. And today we're going to be talking about something you have in the back of your mind or been thinking about, and that's either healthy eating or managing your weight. It's probably a New Year's resolution. So many Americans are making these resolutions to get in shape, to get their weight where it should be, and of course, to eat healthy. So that's what this episode is going to be about. In addition to that, I want to address, again, a concern that I've had as we go into 2023. Our political system is so divided. As Americans, we're divided. We don't necessarily, we think of our our neighbor as the enemy sometimes, which we shouldn't. We really need to focus upon becoming a united country and, and getting over this division. And I'm concerned about it. I mean, we see that happening between Republicans and Democrats in Congress. And it's such a difficult hill that we have to over, you know, we have to climb and get to the other side and get to the top of the mountain, as they say. If uh, we can come together as individuals, our politicians are going to pay attention. They're going to see that we're really serious about coming together. And if we're serious about coming together, and if we can heal our division, so can our politicians. And maybe, Just perhaps we can get something done in Washington and locally as well, coming together, because we are, after all, all Americans. Now, to many of us who've made New Year's resolutions to become a slimmer version of ourselves, and to those who simply resolve to be eating healthier, which is very important from a nutritional standpoint, my guest is Sherry Strong. She's internationally famous as a chef, nutritionist, and a food philosopher. We'll get into that food philosopher. I'm curious about that particular designation. In any case, Sherry is the co-founder of World Wellness Summit, author of Return to Food, and has been featured on television programs as well as major media such as Vogue magazine. She's also the founder of Sweet Freedom. Welcome, Sherry Strong. Talking about sweets, no doubt you're going to be a real treat for our audience. (laughs) had to start off with that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me, James. I appreciate you uh, covering this topic. No problem whatsoever. It's a timely one, that's for sure, with everyone making New New Year's resolutions. But let's begin with your journey to sweet freedom. 20 years ago, you were twice your size, apparently, very depressed, totally addicted to sugar. Tell us what happened. Uh, it's, yeah, it's now, it's, um, almost 30 years ago (laughs) Uh Um, and I was eating my feelings as is very normal, um, in the world that we're living with, with an abundance of food and food that affects our body like a drug. So I literally was starting off the morning with half a liter of Sara Lee ultra chocolate ice cream and I didn't stop eating sugar until I went to bed in basically thinking about what I was going to eat the next morning and waking up in a sugar coma the next morning. And basically I just reached this threshold of just feeling this is not honoring my body. This is not honoring my life. And 
I started to, I didn't start with diet because I was such a strong food addict. I, I couldn't face not having my food. So I started by exercising, running. Ah, um, and okay. burning off those calories. Well, you know, even more importantly, I think, um, cause running is not probably was not the smartest thing I could have done as far as exercise goes. But what it did was it started to cleanse my body and it started every period of time. I wasn't out running. I wasn't out eating. <laughs> so, um, you got to run a lot then keep up, didn't you? Well, and it started to, it started to make me feel good. And the more I felt good, you know, in my body, the more I felt like eating better food. Um, but I did a lot of emotional work. I worked on what I call hypernourishment. In, in hindsight, I started to work out the toxic things that weren't just physical, as in food that I was eating, but the mental, emotional and spiritual things that I were doing that either weren't nourishing me or were actually toxic. And as I started to work on those things, it became much easier to work on the physical. And that's when you discovered uh, sugar was your main challenge, your main enemy? It was definitely my main addiction. Yeah. All right. So yeah. is, in your opinion, is sugar the primary cause of weight gain? Uh, no, I think the primary cause is the nutrient deficiency of our food. So what happens is the body, we have this mis, you know, mistaking thought that our body actually says we're full when we have enough food in the belly, which is not true. Our body says we're full or we stop, the signal to stop eating in a healthy body happens when you've been nourished. So you can actually have a very small amount of food in your tummy that's highly nutrient dense and your body says I've had enough. Whereas you can have massive amounts of nutrient depleted food and toxic food and the body screams out and says, feed me more. I'm not getting what I need. Interesting. So there's that piece to it, but then there's also. So you think it's that much dependent upon our, our depleted soil, the, the, the nutrient deficiencies that we have, that's really a key to, to weight gain. Massive. And, and also here's the other thing is what happens is when you're, body is depleted of nutrients, your brain isn't being nourished. So your brain isn't able to process things and complex thoughts or emotional trauma, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not thinking right. So then if you're not thinking right, and you get this food that makes you feel good, right? Whoosh, you know, the um, refined sugar lights up the brain's dopamine receptors eight times more than cocaine. So you get a little That's an interesting sugar. statistic, really. Yeah. Eight times more than cocaine. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, and that's proven. That's not even conjecture or theory. So you get this little hit of something that makes you feel good. And it's not just sugar, does it? Opiates in dairy products do it, you know, in wheat. You know, there's lots of things that create drug-like responses in the body. And the more you process a food, the more intense the drug-like reaction is. So what's happening now is we have a lot of foods on the market, and many of them are actually marketed as healthy, but they're nutrient depleted, depleted, and nutrient depleting. So sugar can actually strip nutrients from your your body, and and now you get you know an emotional trigger and a response, and you're used to having this food that just gives you a little whoop. Or so I think numbing. what you're trying to say is, if and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I believe you're saying that our food is nutrient depleted at this point, and then sugar exasperates the problem even more. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just sugar. So I call it the lethal recipe. And it's anything that's refined to the point where you have a natural substance in nature that has colors, flavor compounds, aroma compounds, and it's processed so far that it turns into a white substance. All the um, phytonutrients have been removed, vitamins and minerals. So sugars, oils, um, salts, grains, and chemicals, which are routinely put into food. And even, like I said, a lot of healthy food have chemicals in them. Um, Xylitol, that's a chemical. That's not a natural food. (laughs) But it's put in lots of things to sweeten it because it doesn't spike your blood sugar. Well, just because it doesn't spike your blood sugar doesn't make it a healthy food and doesn't mean it's not creating other problems within the body. So it really sounds like you're leading, leaning more towards completely organic. Oh, I'm definitely an even more than organic, biodynamic, you know, permaculture, wildcrafted food, foods you can get locally that may not have an organic symbol on it, but the local farmer, because they don't want to go through the paperwork, is actually farming with far more integrity than the mass-produced organic farmers. But organic is kind of the baseline. But even mm-hmm. I've noticed um, in the last two years, I moved to northern Alberta to care for my parents, my aging and disabled parents. And I can't get the food that I used to get in Vancouver or Melbourne, which had farmers markets with organic growers year round. So I've actually moved to supplementation for the first time in my life. I was massively resistant to it for 30 years prior. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm finding it's the only way I can get what I need. In so addition, in, in addition to the organic food. food that you eat, you're also supplementing with obviously various, uh, you know, uh, B vitamins and uh, everything else, CLQ10, et cetera, correct? Vitamins and minerals are the big thing because yeah. our, our, our foods are depleted from it. And, you know, here's, here's the thing that um, if you're eating processed foods, especially refined sugar and things like that, it strips nutrients from your body. Mm-hmm. So the solution is not to just have supplements. You have to, a supplement is supplementing but you have to have the base of, of, of good food, nourishing food, absence of chemicals, whether they've been grown with chemicals or processed with chemicals and had their nutrients stripped. That's the baseline. You have to have that. And then you supplement on top of it. You can't well, what you're saying, uh, what you're saying should be very worrisome. I mean, it's more than obviously to some of our audience who says I've made a new year's resolution to lose weight. We're really focusing uh, strongly on healthy eating. And I'm just curious just to take it a step further before I get into another question that I have uh, that's related sugar is also sugar, something that will lead you towards things such as disease, such as cancer, heart ailments. Oh yeah. It's, it's associated with, there's no such thing as a lifestyle disease that removing sugar from your body, from your diet can't improve. And when I say sugar, I'm talking about refined sugars, primarily or processed sugars. So, and anything that's white. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is the color of most sugars, white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, anytime you process, but even a lot of the brown sugars sold, you know, en masse by the big sugar producers, mm-hmm. it's actually white sugar covered in a bit of molasses to make it look brown. So I have a question for you then related to this. You know, uh, a lot of us get depleted, fatigued during the day, or even when we wake up in the morning at times, and we look for that boost that we get, uh, the sugar boost, so to speak. So if you take sugar out of your diet, 
Where are you going to get that energy pro- boost from? There's plenty of natural sugars in in fruits and vegetables and things like that. So a lot of people don't realize that an apple is scientifically proven to wake you up better than a cup of coffee. The other thing to understand with coffee is that at one cup of coffee restricts the blood flow to your brain by 40%. So, Although ca- caffeine has been actually, uh, from the medical authorities, so to speak, uh, in the last 10 years, has been more or less looked at as a healthy product. Yeah, and you're I think saying you're, that it's not healthy or exactly I, what are you saying? No, it's definitely not healthy. It's one of the, the world's most addictive substance, substance used globally, caffeine, not just in coffee, but teas and things like that. And now caffeine drinks. There's, there's nothing healthy about caffeine. Uh, hmm, and you'll very find interesting because there's so many studies pointing to caffeine actually being uh, healthy for your body. Yes. Now, what you want to do is find the first, second, and third layer levels of funding for those studies. <laughs> there's billions of dollars to be made in selling caffeine. Yeah. So poor Jose out there with the coffee beans, he's yes. really part of a commercial enterprise to convince yes. you that coffee yes. is going to more than keep you awake. It's going to make you mentally alert and help your body. So yeah. we've got to look a little bit more deeply into this. I'm, I'm going to be very curious. I've got to look yeah. at these studies again from your standpoint, yeah. uh, because it's always been my feeling that, you know, caffeine in coffee, not in soft drinks or things of that nature, but naturally produced in coffee can be healthy. So we're going to take a good look at that. Thanks read, for bringing that to our attention. Read a book called Caffeine Blues. You'll be, it's it's very well researched. Caffeine All Blues. Right. Yeah. One so now you've taken away way. my sugar. You've taken away my <laughs> coffee. Oh my God, I'm fatigued. <laughs> what am I going to do? to? I, I believe with, with what you say about fruits, obviously. I've always been a huge advocate as a nutritionist of, of fruits and vegetables. But And obviously we get our protein from there too. Everybody thinks you have to eat solid meat to get protein and you don't really need to do that. But in any case, another tangent. But you're saying that if you're going to get that boost, it comes mainly from fruit? Or- well, no, um, your body, when your body's nourished, it, it doesn't need boosters. When your body is getting all the nourishment it needs, it doesn't need supplements, it doesn't need boosters, it doesn't need pharmaceutical drugs, it doesn't need anything. Just real food will actually do it. And what you'll find is when you stop poisoning your body, you actually wake up feeling refreshed. You don't wake up thinking, oh, man, I just need something to wake me up. I don't need something for energy. A healthy body is is regenerative. You know, that's I'm, I'm teaching a course at IPAC University on regenerative food philosophy. And I'm, you know, I've taught I've taught food philosophy for the over 30 years now because I believe it's actually a much more natural way of understanding how our body is how we're meant to eat for the human species that is regenerative, not just for us, but all species on the planet. So, and that's why you have so many of these very good recipes. I looked at your website. You have a, a number of recipes on your website. And of course, as we get into the interview a little later, uh, we're definitely going to be mentioning your website, which I think is loaded with some very good material. And I was very, very taken with your recipes, things that sound like they're really sweet, but they're apparently very nourishing for you. We'll yes. get into that a little bit later. But as what you had referred on your website to nature's formula, is that what you're talking about, being good, healthy, nourishing food? Is that nature's formula? So it's nature's principle, and it's basically, it helps us understand how, how we're actually meant to eat as human species. I believe that 
the human body is incredibly complex. And to figure it out, we don't actually have all the science and capacity to fully understand the human body, even with as much as we've done in 200 years of, of scientific research. But the user manual for the human body is incredibly simple as far as taking care of it, watching nature. And, and this is how we know why traditional cultures that had no lifestyle diseases, literally no lifestyle diseases, um, you know, they, they died in, usually in their sleep past 100 years of age. They ate a completely natural diet. And it, they weren't eating the same thing all over the world. In fact, biodiversity of the planet depends on us not all eating the same thing. But what they did was they lived by observing nature. And nature actually tells us what we're meant to eat and the quantities we're meant to eat it and by how easily it's attained in nature and when it's attained in nature and how it's attained in nature. So that which is most abundant, we require the most of. Harder to obtain in nature, we require less of it. And if you cannot get it in nature, not only do we not need it, it's harmful to the body and the planet. So if we go back to what is most abundant, nature is, you know, when we, we live by it, it's easy to understand. Our body's most life-dependent nutrient we can't survive seconds without is everywhere. It's air. And when I used to teach nutritionists at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, um, and, and I would say our most abundant and life-dependent nutrient is air, they'd say, air is not a nutrient. I said, what's the definition of a nutrient? That which is required for growth. Try and grow something without air <laughs> in your well, body. That's a very good point. And actually, it, I think it also, uh, which is sort of phenomenal when you think about it, year after year, the life ex expectancy here in America and different parts of the world has increased. But lately, life expe expectancy has actually decreased. Yes. You think that's possibly because we're not getting all of the nutrients we should? That's Absolutely. part of the reason? Uh, one, so um, I'm a big believer in terrain theory. So, um, And terrain theory says that all disease uh, stems from two things. Uh, toxicity, we are under enormous toxic environmental loads. It just enormous. It's unfathomable to when you start to look at our air, water, land, how it's actually systematically being poisoned. Um, and everything that I'm saying is is verifiable. It's not <laughs> there's it's not theoretical. So um, just but just going back to so it's toxicity and malnutrition are the things that create disease. So if you look at going back to nature's principle, air, water. We can't survive without air for seconds, right? Mm -hmm. We can't survive without water for days. And then there's vegetation, right? But even amongst vegetation, nature actually has a way of communicating what we're meant to eat more of or less of. So vegetation that grows close to the ground, um, green things, you know, uh, are much more readily available. Um, they're much more nutritionally powerful, nutrient-dense than, say, things that grow in a tree. So if I give you an apple seed and a a broccoli seed, and you have to feed your family, and you can only choose one, you'd be smart to choose the broccoli seed because you can get sprouts for that within days. If you have to feed your family from an apple seed, it'll be years <laughs> before you get a fruit tree. Well, that well that's, fruit. that's a good comparison. And it, it, since we're on the subject, yeah. what about your biologically uh, diversified uh, uh, food that is grown, I mean, do you feel that that is going to be more nutriently healthy or is that something again that you're concerned about? 
Um, I'm not sure I understand. Uh, well, in other words, uh, we're diverse. talking about rather than we're talking about food that's going to be scientifically produced uh, as opposed to from right. nature itself. Oh, yeah. Every step away from nature uh, diminishes the, the nutrient profile of a, of a food. And you can find lots of marketing information from biotech companies that will say the opposite. But you can't actually trust their information to because it's not independent. Um, and many claims, like when they had the golden rice that they felt was solving nutritional problems, they actually removed it from the market after much hype um, that uh, it was proven to, to not live up to the hype. So when you take a wild food, it's going to be far more nutritious than something that's organic or biodynamically grown. You know, And every step you take it away from nature, the less nutrition it has. So anything that's grown in a lab, I wouldn't touch, you know, that there's a, an expression, eat plants, not things from plants. Well, that's right? sort of sad news for the uh, livability of our planet as more and more, as it becomes more and more populated and no. becomes uh, not as plentiful. Well, no, actually, um, there's, there's plenty of information to show that um, if we eat in a, a regenerative way, and there's regenerative farmers, I just interviewed a, a regenerative farmer yesterday, very encouraging. If we went back to like the reason they survived the the English British survived the war without starvation is they had victory gardens. Everyone planted their own garden. Everyone has space to grow some of their own food, um, even if it, you're in an apartment, a tiny apartment, and things like that. Or now there's community gardens. There's rooftop gardens. You know, sure. there's even parks. You know, imagine New York City if they turned Central Park into a garden. You know what I mean? That would feed the entire Well, island. good luck with that. But well, in any what I'm case. saying is that the, the, it's not about us being limited by and overpopulated. It's being limited by our thinking and our resources and using things differently. Like, there's no reason why that couldn't be used to feed a lot of And you're absolutely people. right. Rooftop gardens are becoming a very, a very popular in large cities. It can be accomplished, and we can grow our own food. I mean, I'm with you 100% on that. I mean, we have our own gardens uh, that we, you know, we don't just depend upon the supermarket. So I think it's important to to convey that. But getting back to those who have made New Year's resolutions that they're going to lose weight, mm. how do you suggest that's going to happen? Because uh, obviously, is it by taking away sugar and simply eating healthier, or are there other steps that you recommend? Well, number one, I don't, I don't, I never focus on weight. Um, I, look, I've worked with elite athletes, you know, people on the front covers of magazines um, who are slim and fit and have the six packs, which are very unhealthy, particularly for women. Uh, and, and I've worked, you know, with people who are obese, um, who are much healthier than a lot of these athletes. And that's hard for people to get their head around. It's not an excuse for obesity. And I don't condone obesity. I don't think it's a healthy state, a natural state, or something to be glorified on a catwalk. And three quarters of our country here in America. Yeah. Three quarters of our country is obese. I'm not sure about Canada, but certainly yeah, here in America. It's, it's certainly, it's up there. But the reason people are obese is two reasons. They're malnourished, they're toxic, and then a third, actually, is most people aren't happy. They're leading lives that they're not happy with. Most people are, you know, working jobs that keep them in a, a form of servitude and slavery. Um, and, you know, food's a cheap way to make you feel good. Um, so, so the problem is nourishment. We need to stop consuming 
toxic things, whether that's our food, our mental input, emotional input, spiritual input, right? And we need to start to nourish mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And when we start to nourish in, in those areas, there's this balance that happens within the body. And the, for me, weight just came off. And with clients I've worked with, when we do that, the, the weight just falls off. A healthy amount falls off. So and healthier eating, nourishment, uh, nourishment, so to speak, yeah. these are keys to weight loss. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to be a slimmer version of yourself, start eating better, and that's going to make yeah. a difference. How important is exercise as a component in this? Well, it's interesting. Um, although I used exercise for me as, as the starting point because I couldn't give up on food, um, I've talked to many personal trainers, and they'll say that exercise is about 20% of it. Food is 80%. But the thing about exercise, I, I always encourage people, stop exercising to be thin and start exercising to be healthy. Start exercising to feel good. Start exercising to feel happy because it will bring in, it will bring in f- sensations and feelings of well-being to your body and your brain in particular. I can understand where you got the uh, title, so to speak, of, of a food philosopher. I mean, it's very <laughs> interesting. I, I wondered how you were going to tile that in, but that's what it's really bo- boiling down to is a good philosophy, a, a basic good philosophy on food, the kind of food you should be eating. Now, yeah. out of curiosity, when people come to your website, and we're, again, we're going to to mention that, but uh, – are, is some of this contained on the food website, or I know that you offer classes, cooking classes, things of that nature. How do people find out the best way to eat, the most nourished way to eat through you? Well, I have two YouTube sites. One, if you search Sherry Strong YouTube um, or Sweet Freedom Life, there's tons of uh, videos that cover the philosophies that I teach. I am teaching a course at IPAC University that's kind of the big thing I'm focusing on right now on regenerative. Is that an online course or is it it's a online? Uh, yeah, it's so, it, it'll so be others live. can access that course. Yeah, it's live and online. It's actually one of the cheapest courses I've, you know, um, made available to the public. Um, and it's restorative food philosophy, moving beyond sustainability for human thrival. So not just surviving, but thriving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and it's basically to get your head right and your thinking right about food. I'll give you a little example um, about how our brains have been messed with with food. I was speaking at a conference in Tasmania about 15 years ago, and this guy came up to me afterwards and he said, oh, my my ex-girlfriend, both of her parents were dietitians. And I said, oh, did she have an eating disorder? And he looked and he said, well, that's a bit cheeky. That's a, a bit cheeky of a question to ask. I said, did she? And he goes, well, actually, she did. <laughs> so both of her parents were dietitians. And I believe that this whole kind of f- focus on the micro detail of our food, the fats and sugars and weight and macro micronutrients creates a disordered relationship with food. If you look at the healthiest cultures on the planet, they had no idea what their daily intake of vitamin C was or vitamin D or anything like that. They were getting it naturally from their food. They had a social context in which they ate that made them feel connected and good. So many people are sitting alone in front of a computer or television eating meals and wondering why they're eating more. They can't stop eating. It's because they're not just empty nutritionally. Their heart and their spirit is empty because they're not connected. We're meant to eat together as a species. So there's 
we, we need to think differently about our food. And the way we're doing it right now is, is messed up. And that's very unfortunate. Now, and let me ask you this, uh, getting back to, I guess, public enemy number one, sugar. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that you have on your website is a sugar quiz. And yeah. I, I imagine that people come to your website and they can take the sugar quiz to find out if they're actually addicted to sugar. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can do it. It's a fun exercise. But you know what I find, James? Most people know. <laughs> Most people know, um, you know, when they keep going back to that little secret drawer or that cupboard or the freezer section, you know, we know whether we're addicted or not. Um, and you know, there's some people who don't have addictive personalities, but for the most part, we're an addictive species. Um, so you kind of know. <laughs> um, but is it a good idea to take the quiz or not? Yeah, why not? Why not take it? I mean, because some people may be more overboard than they actually think they are. Many people yeah. mentally think, oh, I eat good. I eat, you know, yes, I, I eat the true. right foods. I do all the right things. But they really, when you focus on it, there has to be a way, and I think the sugar quiz idea that you have, yeah. or this opportunity, I should say, that you have on your website is something that could be very valuable to an individual. And then, thank you. Uh, and I want to be certain if this is correct, because it's a very inexpensive way to take the next step. If someone who takes the sugar quiz finds out that they are really more addicted to sugar than they thought they were, or to mm -hmm. sweets in general, yes. You uh, basically you offer a membership. I think it's like for twenty seven dollars, and that in twenty one days you this teaches them to kick the habit. Am I am I correct? Yeah. Because that's a very inexpensive way of kicking the habit. That's correct. Um, so it's a twenty one day sugar challenge. There's actually a, a seven days before it you can um, do that challenge as well. So it's basically you take a month in the first seven days. Um, you don't actually change the amount that you're eating. What you do is you change the quality of what you're eating. So uh -huh. say, say you and eat you learn this by being a member of your organization. Correct? Yeah, you just sign up for the 21 day challenge. You get an ebook and access to the seven day and the 21 day challenge. An ebook with has 50 recipes in it. Explains you know many of the philosophies that I teach, and it also helps you understand you know why you're addicted to sugar. Now, you also offer cooking classes, I believe, oh, hands-on, right? No, do no, 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 not anymore. No, I'm so... You've got to take I, that off your website then. I was about to take a cooking class. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know it was on there. I think so. <laughs> I'm oh, sure I, that I, I, maybe it was my imagination and maybe yeah, I wanted oh, to take a cooking class. Um, people can hire me to, to come into their home or they can, you know, book out a class in my home. Okay. All right. So maybe that's there's, what I was thinking of. So do they come to you for like private coaching or do you do yeah. groups? How does it work? So I, I do a mixture of things. I've done, you know, corporate speaking. I was, a, you know, prior to COVID, um, you know, when they were having conferences, I was a keynote speaker at conferences. People would hire me to, you know, help people, help their teams or their, their company in the, the people within their company to, to basically get off sugar because sugar will decrease the um, productivity of any workforce. But I also have people who've flown me around the world to do lifestyle makeovers. And basically I will do, um, go through their whole home to make it supportive of them being healthy and replace, we replace all the things that they have in their house with things that are nourishing, energizing, protective and get the lethal recipe out of the house. And I'll do cooking classes with them, their family, 
in their businesses, that kind of thing. Um, so we can basically, our listeners and viewers can come to sweetfreedomlife.com and they're going to find how to access you, access this information. I, by the way, I, I love some of your recipes I want to share with you, with my audience. And that is, I'm intrigued by your coconut chocolate bars. Uh, now, I would think that would be as sweet as can be, but apparently it's very nourishing. You've got vegan mayo, which is another way to go rather than your typical mayonnaise that you're getting off the shelf. And then you've got healthy pesto recipes. Um, you know, it, it's really, your website is really a, a, quite a treasure, so to speak. So it's sweetfreedomlife.com, correct? Yes. And this, the um, uh, pad thai, the yam pad thai noodle recipe is mm -hmm. super easy and incredibly delicious. It's amazing. So yeah. all of these recipes that you have on your site, they're all geared for nourishment in terms of eating as opposed to the typical eating many of us are doing today on a daily basis, right? Correct. All right. Yeah. So we're going to have all this information on our website, which, you right. know, .com. Uh So we'll have your links and things of that nature. So whatever you feel that our audience would benefit from, please do send us the links and, and, uh, Obviously, we want to get that information across because some of the things that you've shared with us today, there are a few things we may have known in advance, but some of them are, are quite startling. And I think we need to get to know you a little bit better. And I guess we begin by going to your website to know how to access all of these things that you offer. Am I correct? That's a good. And I'm good not trying to give a commercial here because we're non-commercial, but I'm just very impressed with your knowledge and what you have to offer. And I'd like to learn more myself and I'm a nutritionist. Yes. So, I mean, I haven't, you know, I don't actively do this every day, but that's my background. Yeah. And I have to say that I've learned things from this interview and I'm going to do more research. Uh, you've stimulated me to do more research as a result. So well, thank you. Thank you, James. Now I, I studied nutrition at Deakin university in Australia and I, I actually found it was corrupt. It was so industry influenced um, and they weren't actually teaching the truth about nutrition. It was a very industry-focused way well, of... Well, you talked about dietitians, and I have no. always had a problem with hospital dietitians, oh, yeah. and I'm not to put anyone down, but yeah. they have a set, and, and most of their menus that they serve at lunch at hospital cafeterias that doctors and nurses eat are really not terribly healthy, in my opinion. I mean, my I come from a holistic nutritional background, yeah. so I definitely share you know, many of your thoughts. I think that, yeah. you know, people, dietitians sometimes can set you in the wrong direction. Again, yeah. not to put them down, it's well-intentioned, but it well, can be incorrect. Everyone's well-intentioned. Usually people don't go into any profession, you know, to harm people, <laughs> but they can be misguided and they can be brainwashed and indoctrinated. And I believe the university system is very much set up to do that because if you didn't follow what they wanted you to hear, even if you offered tons of references, I would get lines from my paper. And I was like, that teacher hasn't even looked at my references, which are quality. And I would have a, you know, a, a teacher who would be doing a class on dairy. And the slides, the PowerPoint slides she put up actually were prepared by the Dairy Corporation. So there was no independent research yes, done. If they don't have an axe to grind. Yeah, People, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely a conflict yeah. of interest, right? And right. when you challenge, you know, so so I went on a path to actually find out the truth about um about food and and nutrition. And I 
It's, it's looking at people who are doing it successfully. And those were traditional cultures who didn't have scientists, dietitians, you know, or doctors to teach them how to eat. They had nature. They, they observed and they respected their natural environment. And um, in today's environment, you have to realize that your primary care physician who spends an average of seven, in min- seven minutes with you in a typical con- uh, consultation, they have no nutritional advice to, be, uh, to give because medical schools do not teach nutrition. They don't they share that. And particularly anything from a dietitian is not necessarily holistic. I think our audience really needs to understand the importance of the, that distinction. It's very well, Sherry, this has been very informative. I'm going to do a little bit more research, and perhaps can we invite you to come back and join us at another time to get Absolutely. even more further into this? Absolutely. I'd love to. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being. Again, it's sweetfreedomlife.com. It's yes. all going to be on our website. And uh, after this particular interview, I'm going to get into a few other things, and we're going to mention it again for our audience But I want to thank you so much for being with us, Sherry. You've been highly informative. Thank you so much. My pleasure, James. Thank you. Want to discover more information about sugar-free living and how to lose weight and keep it off? It's really simple to do. Just visit our website, jamespolikoff.com. That's james, P-O-L-A-K-O-F dot com. You'll discover a variety of valuable resources on our website and other terrific New Horizons for America episodes. Again, jamespolikoff.com. Now back to Dr. Jim. I want to thank our audience once again for joining New Horizons for America. We really appreciate you coming back and staying with us. And also, I want to welcome those new viewers for 2023 who have just joined us. And I want to remind everyone that you can both listen to us and watch us. Our podcasts are on a variety of different listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, Google. There are probably about 13 or 14 audio platforms where you can access our podcast. Plus, and I think probably the easiest way is simply come to our website because you're going to be able to listen to other podcasts as well as access links to our guests so you can learn more. But that's jamespolikoff.com. And please remember, if we take the time and make the effort to really listen to others, even though they may have different viewpoints and opinions, we'll discover we actually have many things in common. And when we come together, our politicians who watch what we do perhaps might start talking to each other and find ways they can work together. So this effort is really worthwhile for ourselves and our country. Try it. Common ground will take us a long way. This is Dr. Jim Polikoff. Thank you again for joining us. Be sure to stay tuned to either view or listen to podcasts every week. New Horizons for America. Thanks for being here. <laughs>